Hey everybody, it's Nathaniel Avila, uh, reporting from Dallas County, and, and who am I here with today? Hi, it's Hanyu. Hello, how are you doing? Doing good, a little tired, but that's just for the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how was, how was Akon? Akon was great. Did you meet? A little meet, tiring, yeah. but it was good. Did you I mean, meet? there's... Yeah. Oh, there are some things that can be improved, but moving into a new venue always happens, that there's lots of confusion, things like that. But for me, overall, I enjoyed myself Great. not being at work. <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, did you meet uh, anybody cool? Not that I know of. Oh, okay. Well, Lo, do you know what we're talking about today? Honestly, it's been a little bit, and I can't <laughs> remember what we decided to talk about. We're going to do the Thunderbird. Okay, yay! Alright, so let's get started on the Thunderbird, which is a legendary creature in certain North American indigenous people's history and culture. So, now let, let's, let's get into what a Thunderbird is. Do you know what a Thunderbird is? No. Okay. Well, a thunderbird is said to create thunder by flapping its wings, according to Algonquin folklore, and lightning by flashing its eyes, according to Algonquin and Iroquois uh, folklore. So, uh, let's get let's let's let me show you uh, a picture of uh, of a Native American rendition of what a thunderbird looks like. So, so yep, mm. there it is. So yeah, that's kind of what a Native American uh, artistic rendition of a Thunderbird. Pretty, pretty snazzy, huh? It is. It is snazzy. All right. Well, let's continue. Uh, so we're going to start with uh, the Thunderbird myth and motif is present among uh, Algonquin's people, the Algonquin peoples in the northwest, northeast, which includes place like, places like eastern Canada uh, and northeastern United States and the Iroquois peoples, which is surrounding of the Great Lakes. Uh, so the decision of the northeast region has included Algonquin speaking people in the lakes bordering the U.S. Midwest states uh like the ojibwe in minnesota so the Algonquin mythology uh the thunderbird controls the upper world while the underworld is controlled by the underwater panther or the great horn serpent so the thunderbird creates not just thunder but lightning bolts which cast at the at the underworld creatures uh so what are we thinking about this thunderbird right now Kind of interesting, kind of interesting. Mm hmm So, yeah, so let's talk about, uh, so Thunderbirds in this tradition may be depicted as a spread-eagled birds, bird which is like uh, wings and horizontal and the head in profile, like I just showed you just a minute ago, uh, but also quite commonly with the head facing forward, thus presenting an egg-shaped X -shaped appearance overall, which we'll go, go over uh, a little bit later. Uh, so the Ojibwe version of the myth states that the Thunderbirds were created by the Nanabozo for the purpose of light, 
fighting the underwater spirits. And they were also used to punish humans who broke moral rules. So the Thunderbirds lived in four, the four directions, you know, like the northeast, southwest, uh, and arrived with other birds in the springtime. And in the fall, they migrated south after ending the underwater spirits' most dangerous season. So they're here to protect us, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think uh, you'll feel pretty safe with these, 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 these things on watch? Maybe. Maybe? Why maybe? Well, it depends on what the consequences would be if I did something wrong. Then uh, what they'll get they'll be attacked by the under underwater spirits. Ooh. So uh, the menemy uh, of the east north northern Wisconsin tell of the great mountain that floats in the western sky on which dwell the thunderbirds. So they control the rain and hail and delight and delight in fighting the deeds of greatness. Oh, uh, delights in fighting and deeds of greatness. They don't fight the deeds of greatness. They like fighting and deeds of greatness. And they are the enemies of the great horned snakes and have prevented these from overrunning the earth and devouring mankind. Uh, and they're also known as messengers of the great sun himself. So that's pretty much an overall look of uh, the Thunderbird and Algonquin language native american tribes uh so what do we what do we think about the bird so far interesting it's still interesting mm -hmm. so let's let's look at some uh signatures using thunderbirds on the great peace of montreal uh which is a peace treaty between new france and 39 of the first nations of north america that ended the beaver wars so uh, here's the Missagawa, uh, the Miss, uh, the Missasugas, I believe it's pronounced, their signature using a Thunderbird. Yeah. So, yep, that's how that looks like. Hmm. That's the Missasugas, uh, signature. This is the Ho-Chunk. That's their signature. And this is the Menominee all using the uh, Thunderbird in their signatures in this treaty. So that's that kind of shows like what a big deal the Thunderbirds is to these people. Am I right? Right. Yeah. So let's go into uh, the Siouan uh, language peoples. Uh, which include tribes traditionally accompany, accompanying the areas around the Great Lakes, which includes the Ho-Chunk, which states that a man who has a vision of the Thunderbird during a solidarity fast, uh, which is a rite of passage in Sun Natives of American cultures, uh, will become a war chief of the people. Do you think you can, you think you'll be able to see one on a solidarity fast? Maybe. <laughs> okay. So yeah, um, the ethnographer George Armos Dorsey transcribed a tale from the Arkansas, oh the Arakaras, uh, with the title "The Boy Who Befriended the Thunderbirds and the Serpent," and a boy named Antelope Carrier finds a nest with four young Thunderbirds, and their mother comes and tells the human boy that a two-headed serpent comes out of the lake to eat the young. 
and that's pretty much the story. Um, so yeah, uh, what do you think about uh, the uh, Arakara's uh, interpretation of the of the Thunderbird, along with the uh, the Ho Chunk? Kind of sad that you have to watch out and that your species can go up in flames if they're eaten mm -hmm. by a predator. Yeah, that's why we have the the Thunderbirds on watch. They're here to help us out. <laughs> so, uh, in Algonquin land images, an X-shaped Thunderbird is often used to depict the Thunderbird with its wings alongside its body and its head facing forwards uh, of uh, instead of in profile. Uh, so, uh, the depiction may be stylized and simplified, and a headless X-shaped Thunderbird was found on an Ojibwe, a Medidawiwin, I believe it's pronounced, uh, or the Grand Medicine Society, uh, which is a secretive religion in some of the indigenous peoples of the Maritimes, New England, and the Great Lakes regions. Uh, disc dating to 1250 to 1400. Now, in the 18th century manuscript, a daybook ledger written by the namesake grandson of Ma Governor Matthew Mayhew, the Thunderbird pictograms varies from recognizable birds to simply an incised X. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what we got in terms of the iconography of the Thunderbird. Uh, let me show you uh, an example of such a depiction. So yeah, there it is. Okay. Yep, that's the X shape uh, image that a lot of a lot of people use to uh, depict the Thunderbird. That's like the most common one. So, yeah, there we go. There. So uh, now in in an American science historian and folklorist Adrian Mayer and British historian. Tom Holland, Tom Holland himself has gone on this, uh, have both suggested that indigenous Thunderbird stories are based on discoveries of pterosaur fossils by Native Americans. What do you think? Hmm. That's an interesting concept, but I don't think Native Americans would necessarily use that against people. Really? You don't think uh, Native Americans just found pterosaur fossils and be like oh it's a thunder it's a bird that's still alive right now no you don't think so no why not um to be honest yeah after all the bs that uh, native americans have gone through i don't think they would just say something like that in planes when they're trying to fight for just being alive Mm. being on their own land, the little land that they're actually occupying. Right. Now, uh, however, it has been noted by somebody, I don't know, despite variations, the common design elements of the motif within different tribal groups across the continent appear to distract, dis appear distinct from the makeup of the suggested prehistoric flying reptile, such as eagle or raptor like avian feathered wings and tail along with a vastly different head shape perhaps in the uh perhaps with the exception of the of some pacific northwest imagery 
So yeah, that's pretty much uh, what we got there. And and now in in pop culture in nineteen in eighteen twenty five, uh, Elo, uh, Elo, uh, Eliots were recorded as using the term to describe the Douglas World Cruisers aircraft, which passed through uh, uh, Atka on the first aerial circum circumnavigation by the U.S. Army team the previous year. And also, we've also seen uh, the Thunderbird depicted as the Pokemon Zapdos, which is based on the First Nation folklore, and also the Thunderbird... Bell Instinct! What? Your Team Instinct? Yep. Uh, is that the Zapdos one? It is. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, and also the Thunderbird is also part of the Harry Potter franchise, and it pays, plays a significant role in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them the film that came out in 2016 so yeah that's pretty much the story of the thunderbird so what do you think about about this uh this this uh, uh creature well obviously it gets round because it's embedded in several different cultures slash franchises mm -hmm. so i mean it can't be all bad just that do does it actually exist or not that is the question do you think it, it exists because like a bunch of different native american tribes seem to have that in their religion in their mythology and folklore yes um for native americans i believe it does i believe that other folks that like pokemon and fantastic beasts Mm -hmm. just kind of borrowed the idea of it and put something similar in their storyline to give it a shape. But to be honest, if it's a god or goddess for the Native Americans that they worshipped at one point, then it was originally theirs. So I believe at some point it was truly, it could be a guiding animal just like the crow and the bears, wolves in Native American mythology too. Mm -hmm. There's always a guiding spirit that guides you in your endeavors that some people listen to and some people do not. Mm -hmm. But this is like a big bird. It's like a huge bird. It's like this big. So well, yeah. Do you think that these birds might have existed back then but no longer exist now like they went extinct yes okay so we're, we won't be, be able to see these huge birds and what, what not do you... unless we find uh some weird wormhole mm -hmm. to go back in time or someone to go back in time and bring something mm -hmm. or in an area that hasn't been touched by man that exists with the birds in it right well i know according to the uh menominee uh the thunderbirds live in a mountain in wisconsin so maybe they're there it's a possibility that they could possibly be there but if native american tribes are true then they won't show themselves to anyone but those that they've been deemed worthy to actually see and grace them with their presence. 
Oh, okay, so you think it's like you have to be worthy to to uh they they choose who gets to see them. Yeah. Do you think you'll be able you do you think you're worthy? Oh no, no no no. <gasps> no uh Thunder Thunder might be my Pokemon thing. Mm-hmm. Wave, but me personally, Native American, I'm actually around the crows, bears, and wolves oh, okay. as my guide. Oh, okay. No birds? Uh, crows are the only birds that would be close to being my guide. Oh, okay. All right. Well, do you? what do you think about the scientist thing about them just finding ter- pterosaur fossils? And that's where they got it. You know how I feel just about just saying scientists. Okay. Like they always have to put their fingers in things and explain things to just explain to make it seem like this is what is actually going on. Okay. So uh, yeah, and that that's good. Do we here's like also like a pretty cool looking uh, Ojibwe pouch that was stitched that shows. Uh, that shows some uh, Thunderbirds that we can look at really quick. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Would you uh, Would you get yourself one of those? Totally. Yeah, it looks really nice. I don't know how how expensive it is. Probably is going to be pretty pretty penny because I think it's like hand stitched. Well, yeah, anything homemade is always going to be free of something pretty. Because the time and effort that goes into putting things in that is very, very much long and gruesome of its own self. And time consuming. I made a blanket that took me almost like four months to make and That's crocheting fun. it. How big is the blanket? Uh, it was supposed to be a baby blanket, but it ended up being more of a uh a shawl like a was a shawl for like a couch to kind of just put over oh you mean like it's a that long yeah. it's as long as my three-seater couch that's a, that's, that's a big that's a big blanket yeah and it took you four months to make big... uh give or take i'm actually costing of putting it all together mm-hmm. instead of the time I took off for it to go. Oh, okay. Did you uh did you sell it or do you, do you just keep it? It's a it's for a friend. Oh, okay. It's a baby blanket for a friend of mine. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. All right. So art well, people that make it is always going to cost more. So just be aware of the work that puts in that someone's going to pay extra for something homemade and mm-hmm. takes time. Right. So yeah, that's this. That's pretty much the story of the Thunderbird. Uh, so, what is your overall opinion of the Thunderbird? Is it is it out there? Is it not out there? What do we got? I think it's out there only if you are worthy enough for it to show itself to you, even if you are wanting to do something about it. Yep. So be on the lookout, but doesn't mean you're actually going to be able to see it. Mm-hmm. That's also, uh, the Thunderbird is also uh, the symbol of a house in, Alvermor- in Ivermorny, the American version of Hogwarts in Harry Potter. 
That one cares about the American version. Okay. <laughs> so do you think you won't be, uh, if you were, like, classified in in the uh, Albemarle, you wouldn't be a Thunderbird? I don't know. I would have to see where I would fit in in the American houses, because I haven't actually paid attention to what each of those houses are about. Uh-huh. Uh, even though I live here in America, so I'm not British, but yeah. since I was raised on the original Harry Potters, I already know where my house is on there. Yeah. So. I think I'm a Ravenclaw. Ah. Well, what are you, a Hufflepuff? No, honey. <laughs> no, are you, I'm a Slytherin. You're a here. Slytherin? No! I'm a Slytherin. The humanity. Okay. Yeah, I, I think you would be great in uh, in Slytherin House. So yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's the story of the Thunderbird. Um, yeah, that's pretty informative. Pretty nice learning about Native American culture. So yeah, I've been Nathaniel Avila. And I'm Han Yu. Hey, and I'll t we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Vision Podcast, home of Wacky Talkies, The Kingdom, Evil Exists, and many more.